Hey everyone, thanks so much for allowing me to join you again today. We're beginning a brand new series that we've entitled Foolproof. Foolproof is an interesting word. It comes from two words, fool and proof. And fool means a thick-headed person who either is slow to learn or just unwilling to learn. That's why they're foolish. And proof, like resistant, like waterproof or bulletproof or childproof. Uh, I'm pretty familiar with the childproof aspect that word recently because I have a grandson who just turned one and we're going through our house and we're putting these uh, outlet covers, these plastic outlet covers all over the outlets to make sure he doesn't stick anything in them and get shocked or electrocuted and we've got these child gates now at, at different places in our house. They keep him from falling down the stairs or going to places we don't want him to go. On a recent trip to the lake, Man, every time we'd get in the house, he's learned to walk and he's gaining speed. And every time we'd get there, we'd run to the top of the stairs and make sure the gate was across it because that was the first place he wanted to go. That's what's involved in childproofing, staying ahead of a toddler. Uh, but in foolproofing our lives, we have to stay ahead of ourselves. Because at times we can all be thick-headed and do foolish things. Fortunately... God gave us his word. And in the Old Testament, there's a book of Proverbs. It's a collection of wise sayings. That's what Proverbs are. They're amazingly wise sayings, like little snippets of poetry that contain great wisdom. In fact, when Solomon wrote this book, he said, These are the Proverbs of Solomon, and their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline, to help them understand the insights of the wise, to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives and help them do what's right and just and fair. He said he wrote it to help young people learn uh, how to live life and make the most of it, to help the simple people gain wisdom, and to help people who are wise gain more wisdom still. Well, that's what I want to do, and I'm sure that's what you want to do. Because wisdom means skilled living. God wants us to have rich, full, abundant lives and we need wisdom to do that. And so this whole series is about learning how to make good decisions and staying away from things that are going to give us great pain. We want to foolproof our lives. And today we're going to start with the topic of the tongue. Uh, the book of Proverbs contains wisdom on a whole host of topics, but some of the Proverbs on the tongue are some of the most amazing because we all deal with saying things that we wish we never would have said. And today we're gonna to learn how to foolproof our lives and protect ourselves from saying things we shouldn't and saying things we should. Will you pray with me please? Heavenly Father, I thank you for the book of Proverbs. I thank you for Solomon. I thank you for inspiring him to write all of these Proverbs down. And God, I pray that as we reflect on them today, you'd show us how to control our tongues. God, there's not a one of us who couldn't use some help in this area. So today I pray that you will speak and move me out of the way. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Well, we're starting with the tongue. And we'll be talking about our temper and we'll be talking about a bunch of other things as well. But we're starting with the tongue because if we don't learn to control our tongues, we're going to get into all kinds of trouble. It's easy to be foolish in the things that we say. I remember a, a few years ago... A friend of mine and I were having lunch and um, somebody called. They asked if I could come to the hospital and pray with them before they went to surgery. I said, sure. And this friend said, well, I'll come along. I'll just 
sit in the back and I'll pray for you as you pray. And I said, well, okay, if that's what you want to do. And so we went to the hospital together and we were talking to, it was a woman who was going to go into the surgery and I was about to pray with her. And, and this friend of mine all of a sudden said, you know, my sister had a surgery just like this once. And um, the lady said, well, good. Well, how did it turn out? And he said, oh, not good. She had a terrible infection and she died. And I sent him back to the car. I finished praying with the woman when, and when we were driving back and I was driving back to his car, I said, why on earth would you say that? And he said, I don't know. It just came to mind and I guess that wasn't helpful. No, it wasn't helpful. <laughs> Solomon said this, the tongue can bring death or life and those who love to talk will reap the consequences. That's Proverbs 18:21. And he also said in Proverbs 13:3, those who control their tongues will have a long life but opening your mouth can ruin everything. I mean, that really put a bad spin on that whole hospital visit. But it can be much worse than that. An untimely word can blow a business deal. It can ruin a friendship. It can cost you the benefits of having the love and affection of your neighbors. All it takes is a lie or something unkind or something that should never have been said, even when it was true. And so today, we're going to look at six things we can do to help foolproof our tongues. And here's why that's important. Because if you and I claim to be religious, James says, but we don't control our tongues, we're only fooling ourselves. Our religion is worthless. Jesus wants us to tell the whole world about him about his great love for us, about his forgiveness. He wants us to share with others the hope and the promises of his word. He wants us to love them and pass on all the things that, all the joy that he has given us. And if we are foolish with our tongues, well, we're going to lose all our credibility. And so today, these are six things we can do to help foolproof our tongues, to give us a better witness, to give us more joy, and to keep us from getting into situations that are just, well, they're just painful and bad. So, um, strategy number one, if I'm going to foolproof my life, to keep from being thick-headed and foolish with my tongue, first of all, I can keep my mouth shut. We can keep our mouths shut. Listen to uh, Proverbs 10, 19. Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. And Proverbs 17, 27 says, A truly wise person uses few words. Verse 28 goes on, And even fools are thought wise when they keep silent. With their mouths shut, they seem intelligent. Um, some of you have heard me share this before, that the Lord drove this particular proverb deeply into my mind when I first started seminary. I had been an engineer before that, and... In engineering classes, you don't really debate. You learn and you discuss principles of physics or you discuss theorems. You ask questions, but you don't debate. There's not a lot of philosophy or theology, obviously, involved in that discipline. And so when I started seminary, there was a lot of debate. And I, that was new to me. And I wasn't very adept at this. And so I remember I got into a debate in a class uh, early on and... Uh, all of a sudden, I was in way over my head with someone who was much more experienced and uh, had a vocabulary that included a lot of theological and philosoph philosophical terms that I just didn't understand. 
And I remember uh, we reached one point in the debate where I really didn't know what was going on. And I said, well, you know, I will just um, concede here. The other person asked me if I had anything else to say. And I said, no, I don't. And I was seated. Well, after the class was over, the professor came up to me and said, you know, I, I really admire you. He said, if someone had insulted me the way this gentleman insulted you, I wouldn't have been able to just sit down. And I said, well, thank you. I, I thought it would be important. <laughs> um, I didn't know what he had said. <laughs> so uh, it really didn't bother me much. Um, later on, I figured out a, you know, a little later in the class what he'd said, and uh, wow, I really was insulted. But even a fool's thought wise if they keep silent. Proverbs 12, 13 in the King James Version also says, He that answereth a matter before he heareth it, it is folly and shame to him. So if you answereth before you heareth what this thing is all about, well, that's foolish and shameth on you. And that's what King James would say, because we need to listen. And the reason I even read that proverb is, is it's part of keeping our mouths shut again. We have two ears and one mouth, yet we don't seem to listen. We live in a culture now where people talk over each other. I mean, that's all that's on cable news now in the evenings is people yelling at each other and nobody's listening. And so we answereth before we heareth what it's all about. And that's not the way God wants us to live. And if I'm going to foolproof my life, the first thing I can do is I can say, hey, I'm just going to talk less and I'm going to practice keeping my mouth shut. A second thing that we can do is we can tell the truth. If I'm going to foolproof my life, I need to make sure I speak truth and not lies. Truthful words stand the test of time, but lies are soon exposed. That's Proverbs 12, 19. The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in those who tell the truth. Proverbs 12, 22. And people who conceal their sins will not prosper, but if they confess and turn from them, they'll receive mercy. Proverbs 28, 13. Abraham Lincoln once said, no man has a good enough memory to be a successful liar. And that's the problem with lying. Once I start lying, I have to keep telling more lies. And pretty soon, it all falls like a house of cards. It always does. It's just a matter of time. And so for you and me, if I want to foolproof my life, the first thing I need to do is just practice telling the truth. If I've blown it, I need to say, I blew it. If I'm late, I'm sorry, I was late. I don't need to exaggerate, embellish, make excuses. I just need my yes to be yes and my no to be no. And then my life is much simpler. And I don't remember, I don't have to remember telling one thing to one person and something else to somebody else. I can just be who I am. Life is better that way and we'll have kept our credibility. Thirdly, I can speak kindly. I can keep my mouth shut. I can tell the truth and I can speak kindly. The wise are known for their understanding and pleasant words are persuasive. From a wise mind comes wise speech, and the words of the wise are persuasive. Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul, and healthy for the body. What's so important for us to understand here is that if you and I use kind words, we'll get a completely different reaction 
from people than if we use harsh and ugly words. And this is terribly important because we live in a day now with social media where people say all kinds of hurtful and horrible things online. They may not be using their tongues, but they do the same damage with their thumbs. I mean, an ugly text, a post in anger where I just fly off the handle and use all sorts of profanity. Well, what good would that do? Not much. And we can see it all over the Internet right now. And so there's a lot of damage being done, and there's lots of hurt feelings. Proverbs 15.1 reminds us that a gentle answer deflects anger, but a harsh word makes temper, tempers flare. I mean, I can either cool things down or escalate things and make them worse. And a kind answer is what's going to do that. Patience can persuade a prince, and soft speech can break bones. I mean, that's an amazing proverb. Patience can persuade a prince, and soft speech can break bones. In other words, sometimes a gentle answer can be stronger than a harsh word. Much stronger. Because it changes someone's mind. I mean, if I convert a friend, I mean, an enemy into a friend, then he's no longer my enemy. That's a lot easier to do with kindness than it is with anger and harsh words. When I was reading that um, Proverbs 16.21 reference where the wise are known for their understanding and pleasant words are persuasive and that sweet to the soul are the words of the wise and kind words like honey, uh, I think of my mother-in-law. I mean, sometimes I talk to people and they go, oh yeah, I have to deal with my mother-in-law. You know what that's like. And I go, and they mean it in a very derogatory fashion. And I go, well, no, not actually, because my wife's mom is always kind with her words. She's always gentle. She never says a negative thing about anybody. In fact, that's one of the things I noticed right away after meeting her was she was always extremely reluctant to ever criticize anyone or say anything in a harsh way. Hmm, I want to be like that myself. I want to be known for being kind, not harsh. And when we go through hard times in our lives and we are the recipient of harsh words, it's always important to remember to pray, Lord, would you show me how I can change my heart so I can speak in a gentle tone because I don't want anybody to experience what I'm experiencing today. I can keep my mouth shut. I can speak the truth. I can speak kindly. A fourth thing I can do to help foolproof my wife foolproof my life. Oh, wow. Don't want to pass that on. Another thing I can do to foolproof my life is I can refuse to pass on gossip. You know what gossip is. It's rumors. It's juicy details about somebody else's life. You want to bring pain in your life? Pass on gossip. Betray a confidence. Dig up dirt about somebody. Because when it gets traced back to you, hmm, there's going to be a lot of anger. A troublemaker plants seeds of strife and gossip separates the best of friends. Proverbs 16, 28. A gossip goes around telling secrets, but those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. It's Proverbs eleven thirteen. And the words of, of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to a man's innermost parts. Proverbs 18, 8. Words of the wise. I mean, that's the problem with gossip. It's like a choice morsel. It goes down to a man's innermost parts. I can't unhear juicy gossip. It's going to change the way I think about things. 
kind of like when I eat something, it's now a part of me. I've digested it. And when I digest gossip, it's going form, to form, help me formulate my opinions about the people who are gossiped about. It's also going to help me formulate my opinion about the person who shared that information with me. And that's why we need to be so careful here. I uh, performed a funeral for someone recently, and it was very touching. One of his friends got up at the funeral and said, let me tell you about this man. This man always had a kind word, and he never passed along gossip. In fact, that was what a whole bunch of people at the funeral nodded when he said this. He was well known that if there was a conversation going on at the water cooler or around a coffee pot and people were talking about somebody else, his common reply was this, that's none of my business and I don't think you should be telling that to anybody. And then he'd walk away. I mean, talk about foolproofing my life. If I want to be foolish, I'm going to indulge in information that's none of my business. But if I want to be wise, I'm going to walk away. I'm going to put a plug in that conversation and make sure I have nothing to do with it. Fifthly, I can say no instead of over-promising or over-committing or over-extending. If you've trapped yourself by your agreement, this is Proverbs 6, 2, and you're caught by what you said, then follow my advice and save yourself, for you have placed yourself at your friend's mercy. Now swallow your pride. Go and beg to have your name erased. Don't put it off. Do it now. Don't rest until you do. Save yourself like a gazelle escaping from the hunter, like a bird fleeing from a net. And what Solomon is saying here is this. It's like, look, if you have trapped yourself and you've overcommitted and overextended again, go and apologize and say, I don't know what I was thinking. This is, I, I can't deliver. You're going, well, John, that doesn't sound like being foolproof. That's going to make me look foolish. Now I'm going to look a whole lot more foolish this is wisdom because I'm going to look a whole lot more foolish if I go through with something and I haven't had time to prepare for it. If I deliver something that's way substandard. Of course, the best way is just to say no in the first place. And we overcommit to things all the time because we're afraid that others won't like us. We might be afraid of missing out. We might feel guilty and think that if I'm going to be a Christian, I have to say yes to everything. And of course, those things all aren't true. And so we need to practice saying no. And when we're overcommitted, we need to just confess it. Because I've mentioned several times in this list already, it's all about our credibility. And when I'm telling people I'm going to follow through on something that I can't follow through on because I've been unrealistic about my time or my abilities, well, it's just not honest. It's not right. It's, it's basically a lie. And so when I go to them, and say, I'm sorry, can I be released? I won't win points for letting people down, but I also am not going to embarrass myself further. And the best thing would be to say, no, I'm overextended already. I'm sorry, I can't help you. read an interesting article on saying no recently, and they said, if you struggle with this, here's a helpful tip. It was a person who had learned to say no pretty well. They said, every time I get into a situation where I know I should say no, but I'm not comfortable saying no. I say, can you excuse me for a few minutes? And then they said they went into another room and they practiced saying no out loud five or ten times. No. <laughs> and then they would have a sentence, no, I don't have time. No, I'm overcommitted already. No, I think so-and-so would be better to help you with that. 
And after they'd practiced it, they'd walk back in the room and give their reply. And they said, you know what I discovered? It felt good to say no. It felt good to be honest with myself and honest with others and not feel overloaded with expectations that I couldn't carry. And finally, a sixth way that we can foolproof our tongues is we can surrender control of our tongues to the Lord. Proverbs 15.28 says, The heart of the godly thinks carefully before speaking, but the mouth of the wicked overflows with evil words. And there's a direct connection between the heart and the mouth. Jesus made the same connection, by the way, in Luke 6.45. He said, A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what's in your heart. And that's why the biggest thing I can do, the sixth step or the sixth strategy for foolproofing my life is the most important because if I have a tongue problem, I really have a heart problem. If I don't like the posts that I'm seeing on social media that I've been writing, well, why am I writing those things? I mean, if I'm lying, why am I doing that instead of telling the truth? If I am being harsh instead of kind, if I am gossiping, or if I'm overcommitting, or if I'm just talking too much, well, this is when I come to the Lord and say, Lord, would you change me? Lord, would you help me? I don't know what's going on here, and I don't know why I'm doing this, but Lord, I need you. That's Proverbs 1.7, and this is the last proverb I'll give to you today. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. The Lord wants us to fear Him. If you look up fear of the Lord, it'll say uh, that means respect and awe and reverence for the Lord, and that's true. But ultimately it means, Lord, I'm going to surrender my life to you because your definition of what successful living is what I want to follow. That's what Solomon called wisdom. So today, we've been talking about something terribly important. Foolproofing our tongues. Making sure that we've blocked off things that are only going to hurt us. Maybe we just need to keep our mouths shut and talk less. Maybe we need to work hard at telling the truth. No exaggerations, no embellishments, no excuses. Maybe we need to work at speaking kindly. Or refusing to pass on gossip. Or just saying no. Whatever it is, you and I can come to the Lord and ask Him for help, and He'll be glad to give it to us, because He wants us to be wise. Will you pray with me, please? Lord, I thank You for the wisdom You gave Solomon. I thank You You inspired him to write it down. I thank You, Lord, that we could read it today, and now I'm asking You to apply it to my life. Lord, I pray that today we have listened to You, and if there are things we need to change, maybe we just need to get off of social media it's the, for a week. It's the same way as keeping our mouth shut. Or maybe we just really, really, Lord, need to repent of gossip. We've been saying things we have no business saying. Maybe, Lord, we just need to be kind. Would you show us why we haven't been? Would you show us why we've been talking so much? Would you show me why, Lord? Give me the strength to say no to the things that will hurt me. 
Lord, I want to control my tongue. I want to live a godly life. I want you to give me the desire and the power to do what pleases you. Your word says you will. And so I commit this to you. I commit my tongue to you. And I pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.